Next on BYU Sports Nation, Jimmer Fredette is back on ESPN doing Jimmer things from 38 and a half feet away. Can you dig it? Stud linebacker Brian Keel tells us what matters more for this year's Cougar football team, leadership or talent. Plus, is a one in a million blue lobster BYU's new honorary mascot? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Get your caffeinated soda ready. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, July 23rd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up once again with everyone's favorite Hawaiian barbecue grill master, the mustached. Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I can't have a beard for some reason here, so I have a mustache. It's your summer thing. It is? Well, it's what I'm gone for a week or more. I was gone for six shows. It's great to be back. Had a baby boy. Thanks for uh, mentioning him on the show. We gave him the middle name Michael, by the way. We didn't know at the time. So his name's Tate Michael Jordan. The goat lives in my house. (laughs) It was that or LeBron. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. How did you settle on Michael? It's my uh, father-in-law's middle name. Okay. But I also wanted Michael Jordan. (laughs) It's going to be awesome, right? It is awesome. By default now, he has to own a pair of baby Jordans. Oh, yeah, dude. That has to happen now. Yeah. Yes. That's got to happen. You've set him up for a fantastic life. Yeah, he's going to fail for sure. (laughs) Can we get uh, Jerem Jordan in on the uh, Jordan brand uh, marketing campaign? Yeah, yeah. I want to jump, man. If he's ever like a 70, he'll be... He could be Elder T. Michael Jordan. <laughs> All those in favor, please make it manifest. Talk I trust about, that, dude. Talk about aspirations, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned Hawaii. Uh, BYU 50 in Hawaii today. Say it correctly, Jerem. BYU 50 in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah. yeah very exciting. Uh, tremendous response nationally as this has been. But, of course, this box is better than ever. Exciting. It's pretty cool to see so many fans show up in places like Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas was incredible. Connecticut, just like Amazing. where you wouldn't think that there'd be a ton of BYU fans, but they randomly go to this place within 30 minutes. Are you kidding me? Outstanding. Well done. Yes. Well, when you unveil the BYU 50 Air Force Ones that are limited edition, oh yeah, people will show Fantastic. up in droves. Fantastic. Keep coming in droves, people. Also, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Team Fredette is back in the Sweet 16. Yes. Seven years later, this time in the basketball tournament. Original name. Jimmer with pull-up deep three-pointers, step-back threes, putting defenders on skates, not to mention his teammates doing work, Brandon Davies, spinning baseline and dunking all over people. Jimmer Fredette. Brandon Davies, and Charles Abuel playing together again for the first time since 2011. What is it like to watch that for you, Jerem? Oh, it was extremely fun and cathartic. I really enjoyed watching those guys. I know that it's seven years later, and this doesn't mean a ton in the grand scheme of things. But guess what? When it's a couple weeks away from fall camp and it's July, this is perfectly timed. There's nothing on ESPN right now. You know what I mean? So these guys are on the worldwide leader. It's so, it was so fun. 
and it will be fun on Friday to watch these guys in the Super 16, you know, in Atlanta. So cool because there's unfinished business with Brandon Davies specifically and Jimmer Fredette and Charles together, right? Obviously, Brandon Davies doesn't complete the 2011 season. Uh, we all wonder if BYU could have gone to the Final Four. Would that have been the year, right? So it's not going to happen in this. Like, I'm not going to live out 2011 in this tournament, but a little bit, but a little bit. It's like that feeling you get when your sweetheart reciprocates how you feel about her. But that's kind of the feeling that I had in my heart. I haven't had that since 2011, so that coincides. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing to watch this happen again seven years later and ironically back in a Sweet 16, right? Can BYU finally get over the hump? (laughs) Is Chandler Parsons on the other team? Listen, when I saw TJ Fredette... You know, his brother and, and, and dad Al, you know, on the side. I was like, this is 2011 again. This is kind of fun. Good times, man. Yes. Just it, reliving the good times. It was more fun than I anticipated it would be. Yeah. I tuned in casually, and then I was like, I'm all in, man. We're going to talk to Jimmer, by the way, coming up later in the program. So stay with us. Yeah, Jimmer Fredette with us in about 25 minutes to recap the first two games of the basketball tournament. And he'll get into the dynamics of what it's like to reunite with these guys seven years later. And do they think that they can legitimately win this $2 million basketball tournament? Yeah, they're playing uh, the Fort Wayne champs. Uh, That's an awesome name. I want to call them the Mad Ants, based on a minor league baseball team in Fort Wayne. In Fort Wayne? Nice. They're playing the Mad Ants (laughs) coming up on Friday uh, at 7 Eastern. The last game, by the way, for those guys together competitively that we saw on television— was one of the greatest games in BYU basketball history. February 26, 2011, at San Diego State on CBS. Steve Kerr was an analyst, by the way. Let's go. In that game. BYU was ranked seventh. San Diego State ranked fourth. And BYU won that game. And that was the last game they played together. And here they are. Listen, I know it's not like the same thing, but it's just fun. It's really fun. So I'm excited to watch these guys. Yeah, more fun than I thought it would be. By the way, I watched that game you just referenced in a movie theater in the San Diego area with like 150 other BYU fans. So you were in San Diego, but not at the game. Not quite. In Carlsbad, like the Carlsbad area, so a little bit north of San Diego. Why didn't you just get a press pass and go to that game? Well, we had a baby. Oh, you were in my situation. There's a yes. concert tonight I'm not yes. going to because we have like a we, ha- we can We had one. a little baby, yeah. and so it just it, we went to the movie theater so that it wouldn't, we wouldn't have to feel like, oh, man, we're Did at you the t- game, and we dropped all this money was, to get in. It was Jax, right? Yeah. It was Jax. Did you take Jax to the movie theater? Of course we did. Of yeah, course dude. So Jax's first game? Let's go, Was that man. game? Yeah, baby. That's great. Hey, watching Jimmer Fredette, Brandon Davies, and Charles Wheel play together was awesome. But the real flashback started to happen when Jimmer Fredette pulled up from 38 feet. 38 feet! 38 against Peoria All-Stars. That was awesome. So that reminded us a little bit of, say, 111-11 at Utah. Halftime, bang! It's like deja vu, the French word for already seen. So what's your biggest BYU deja vu moment, Spencer? If it's not what just happened with Jimmer Fredette pulling up from 38 and a half feet. And, that was and, and a deja again, vu moment. And again, like what mentality do you have to be in as a scorer, as a shooter, to be like, I'm going to pull up on a fast break of sorts from 38 and a half feet and just shoot the ball, and it's going to go in. Like where, where do you get to mentally that you feel confident to do that? I only know of two people that do this often. <laughs> I'm the other. <laughs> do you make it, though? Who cares? <laughs> I didn't this morning. <laughs> If it's not what just happened with Jimmer Fredette, it's probably Taysom Hill's mm. 
first electrifying touchdown with the Green Bay Packers. We all saw what he did against Texas and then what he did against Texas again. So when that right, that was a was deja, deja vu. vu. Yeah, that was a deja vu moment. But then he goes next level after the injuries and wondering if he's really going to make it in the NFL. And then he runs for 20-plus yards, escapes NFL-level talent, and stiff arms his way into the end zone. For me, that was a pinnacle deja vu moment as a BYU fan, watching him do what we all saw him do so often at BYU and then having all of the NFL people comment on, who is this kid? Wow, it, it, has he fully recovered from the injuries? He looked pretty good right there. It was fun to watch that all lay out on social media. For me, uh, I have a couple. Taysom Hill, 2013 has that 66-yard run. And then 2014, do you recall the play that came back where Jordan Leslie had a phantom holding call? Taysom Hill took off from like 50 or 60 yards and scored. Now that play came back, but that was the play that broke the will of, of Texas. Oh, every they were like, Texas oh, no, fan. it's happening again. It didn't even count. Every it Texas didn't fan even count. and player and coach was like, we're not going to oh, win no. this game. He's, he's doing it again. Expletive. Oh, no. <laughs> right? And BYU, later in that game, Taysom Hill has the leap, the hurdle. Like, that was awesome. Another one, 2015, uh, the next season. Hail Mary against Nebraska. That was incredible, right? Then the next week, there's another Hail Mary against Boise State with Mitchell Jurgens. To me, that was a strong deja vu moment. In fact, the play-by-play said, we've seen this before. Great call. Referencing the week before. I thought that was spot on. In the moment to be able to say, we've seen this before, before, before the he catch catches it even happens. Are you kidding me? Sean McDonough, I've, I said this a couple weeks ago. Sean McDonough's call of Nebraska was perfect, too. He goes, down to the goal line. Like, what if he drops it? Incredible. It's just like, and he drops it. Incredible. All the buildup was fantastic. But, yeah, this whole Jim Fredette thing, major, major deja vu watching these guys compete together. I only wish that Jackson Emery had jumped in. Your boy James Anderson. Does Jackson Logan Emery, Magnuson. Is he mad that he's not on the team? <laughs> I don't think he is. I, know, I think he could have played if he wanted. Um, isn't it funny? Like, your favorite, your favorite teams, like the 96 BYU football team. We've talked about how that we were both kind of 13-14. We could probably name the two deep. Like, yeah, we love that team. Sure. That 2010-11 team, we could probably name the whole roster right now. Like, certain teams are beloved in BYU history where you just know all the guys. Ask me the 98 starting offensive line. I have no clue. 96, But 96, however. it's like, dude, I got Larry Moore at center. I love this guy. You know, <laughs> like, you know the team. You know what I mean? Our question of the day, all about deja vu. What is your biggest BYU deja vu moment? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At 15, Jake Ryan 15 on Twitter. I'm guessing his name is Jake Ryan. Watching Jimmer Fredette and the squad in TBT brings back all the feels from their run in the NCAA tournament. Like, it's not the same, but there's part of it that is. And it's not BYU, but kind of, right? It, it was just fun. It's fun to see those guys play together. Brandon Davies has never been better, by the way. It's like, the, he's at his peak ability right now. He's fantastic. He's the MVP of his league. He's he didn't have a great really game yesterday, player. but Saturday, 21 points, best player on the floor. Yeah, he was in foul trouble yesterday, so yeah. not a ton of minutes. But while he was on the floor, still effective, right? I'm telling you, it's the same feeling I get whenever I hear the song Drive by the Cars because it reminds me of my sweetheart. 
That's how I felt yesterday. I was so nostalgic and feeling so happy in that moment. I love that you just said the word sweetheart twice in the first segment. I really like that. Well, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Tender. Yes. Crispy tenders. At MC Gorilla Killer on Twitter. When BYU beat Gonzaga 2015 and 2017, had some rough conference losses, but went to the kennel and pulled off huge upsets that made the season. That's true. There was major deja vu in how BYU won those games, too, dramatically at the end, right? Awesome. Uh, this morning, <clears throat> the Butkus and Thorpe Awards came out. Butkus for the best linebacker, one of the greatest names of all time, right? Uh, and the Jim Thorpe Award for best defensive back. No Cougars were on these lists. What's your reaction to that? Um, I'm not sure I have any sort of reaction to this. I just don't care. The reaction is that you have none. I don't care. It's not a surprise. I'm surprised. That there are no Cougars on yes. the linebacker and defensive back award watch list? Sione Takitaki should be on the Butkus award I'm not watch saying list. they shouldn't be. 79 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for last five sacks at, on the defensive line. I know it's... Uh, a different position. Sione Takitaki should be on that list. That's why he's not on the list, though, because he wasn't a linebacker well, last year. But he is this year. But I don't think the common so, person so knows they, that. So oh, he just gets left off. So that committee is uh, absent of knowledge sufficient to know who's playing linebacker? Come on. If you're making the list, you got to know who's playing the position. You don't read a magazine? You don't, like, do some homework? Well, I didn't know on the test that he was a linebacker. He's a linebacker. It's been made public for months. Anyways, you're right. It doesn't really matter. I don't care. But it sort of irks me because this. if you're going to make a list, it better be accurate. And Sorry, a dude that had 12 and a half tackles for last 79 tackles, not on the list? Come on. I know he switched positions. Sione Takitaki should be on there. At the end, I'm not going to be riled up about it in one minute from now. Is it a now. technicality maybe that you had to play linebacker? The previous it's a watch list going into 2018. I don't think if that is, I don't think that's well. They cover a good their rear thing. ends because they have like a mid-season list and then a after the regular well, season yeah. list. Well, and you, then sh- final you should because this is like, hey, here's some guys that we think are good, but they're not going to project any freshmen to be on that list in all likelihood. Unless your name's Harrison Barnes in basketball and you're like the number one recruit and you're a preseason All-American with Jimmer Fredette going in senior year, then they know you. But like football, a little harder for that. I guess. It's most based on just sheer numbers at that position. The year before. And if you have a 4-9 and nine record. I don't know that the record really matters in this. Like what is BYU's ineptitude offensively that cost them 4-9 and nine have to do with Sione Takitaki? It doesn't. He should be on the list. Well, the defense gave but up a lot Thor- of points. Thorpe Award. I think I agree. I think that Diane Gonwoloku and or Troy Warner will, could and would be on the list next year. Need a few more picks. Yeah. Well, and then they're changing positions, right? Yeah, but it's defensive back, yeah, meaning corner sec- and just safety. Just secondary? Okay. Yeah, it's sec- yeah, defensive back. All right, our question of the day. What is your biggest BYU deja vu moment at Twiggy or Stone in on Twitter? Kind of cool against Boise State in 2015. It felt like half the passes Boise threw landed in his arms. Just knew he was going to end the game with an interception, and the 50-yarder for a touchdown at the end reminded me a lot of his other runs for touchdowns. Hashtag BYUSN. That's, that's a great point, too. It's just so similar. And let's remember, that was his third pick of that game. Like, he was destroying he Ryan He saved Finley. the game, by the way, with his second interception as Boise State was trying to put things away. Like, he saved the day. Good pull. Save the day. 
Join in hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. More of your responses later in the show. Coming up on his way to another sweet or super 16, Jimmer Fredette joins us. Yeah, whatever. They're, they're both super. James right? Taft Fredette. Brian Keel also joins us and will measure the importance of talent versus leadership in relation to a team's success. This is BYU Sports Nation. Talent reflect leadership. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further reviews, back on BYU TV Tuesdays at 7 Eastern, starting August 7th, is David, Brian, and the guys break down Cougar football like nobody else. August 7th, the return of you boys. And after further review, you say like nobody else. I echo that. Well, yeah, the, the digital telestration and technology they use, awesome. Welcome plus, back. Plus, it's Brian Logan's soapbox. It's great. Yeah, because he needs another soapbox. <laughs> His podcast isn't enough. <laughs> welcome back, BYU Sports Station simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And a welcome back to Jerem Jordan after uh, him taking some time off to help out with his son, Tate Michael Jordan. That's a real thing. Yeah. Jumper's going to be incredible. <laughs> He's going to push off every Brian he finds. Conversation always open on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our question of the day, what is your biggest BYU deja vu moment? We've had some fantastic responses to this question. Some that, quite frankly, we didn't recall as we were putting together our own personal That list. is the point. At USUKUG11 in on Twitter, Kai Nakua's interception at the end of the 2016 Poinsettia Bowl. Oh, yeah. Forever Poinsettia champs. Before the play, you just knew that he was going to somehow end up with the ball. We said, Kai Nakua has to make a play. Like, the defense has to make a play. Josh Allen is the quarterback there, first rounder to the Bills. Uh, That was a big, big play. And Kai Nakua, like the Boise State game, finished things off, right? Right, like... A year and a half later. What a fitting end to his career at oh, BYU. Dude, one of the best safeties, ball hawking specifically. Like, his playmaking ability was incredible back there. The confidence that BYU felt. Don't forget, too, against Nebraska, Kainakua was suspended for that game. He was not in that game. And BYU able to pull that out. Like, he, Kainakua's return to form was Boise State. So he's all amped up and anxious. Three picks, including the game ceiling. Pick six. BYU did not win that, need that to win, but housing it was the exclamation point. Oh, loudest. I thought the rapture loudest. was going to happen yes. in that moment. I was I like, let's recall. just go up now. Like, City of Enoch, come down. Like, let's just, let's just go. <laughs> like, I don't need a 4-9 season two years later. Let's just go up now. In the last decade, that's the loudest I can recall it having been at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Like, yes, I don't so think 2016, yeah, 2016 against Toledo – Mississippi State, I don't think any – you know what would be louder? Like beating Utah, period. Yeah, and who cares where it is? <laughs> yes, who cares where it is? Who cares what the margin is? Like BYU hasn't beaten Utah by more than one score since 96. I don't even care. I would take a two-point conversion successfully. Like I'll, what field goal, whatever. I'll take a safety for a win. I don't care. That would be crazy dramatic. At Ames Flames in on Twitter, Taysom Hill's season-ending injury. Oh. And the other season-ending injury. Yeah. And the other one. Yeah. No, that's real. And the other one. All with the broken heart emoji following that text. 
Yeah, that's that's some that's real. That's why the deja vu of every single one of those just stunk. That's why the touchdown that I referenced with the Green Bay Packers stiff army into the end zone meant that much more to me as a guy that just wanted to see Taysom Hill succeed. Like because of everything he's gone through, going back to that and being like, play the piano music, please. This is the Taysom Hill that we know and love, not the scenes of injury of him stiff arming dudes. And getting into the end zone now at the NFL level. I love that so much. Apparently we lost the rights to the piano music. I do have some music for you, Jerem. Hit it! Countdown to the Wildcats. 40 days. That one's awkward. 40 days away. Here we are in the wilderness. And Arizona. Let's go. 40. And uh, fall camp, a.k.a. summer camp, falls until September. Hello? Uh, summer camp, or whatever, begins next week, dude. Next Thursday. They report Wednesday. They start Thursday. Yes! Yeah, why do we get stuck in certain, I don't know, and I'm not going to call it a rut, but it just becomes like a normal thing to call it fall camp. Is it because at one point it did start it's in the fall? fall. But now because there are more games and college football It's never more started in the fall. It's never started September 21st. I don't know. Did it in the 30s no. when they played like seven games? No. <laughs> it did not. Give me a year in the 30s right now. Go. 1932. <clears throat> in 1932. Do we have any old school music? In 1932. Oh, BYU's first game was September 23rd. Af- after, okay. It was after the fall had so, actually started. Well, hold on, hold on. But hold because on. Their preseason training would have happened in the summer. Correct, but did they have any practices before the first game in the fall? Maybe is that They would have had one that? or two. Although in 1932, what day was the <laughs> fall equinox is the question. Look, Are in you the th- questioning my logic? Yes, Bracket Matrix. We haven't heard from you in a while because BYU hasn't made the tourney. We will this year, hopefully. Okay, September 23rd, 22nd. You know it's July 23rd when we're breaking down the 1930s here on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, <laughs> we got to keep it fresh and real somehow. Okay. From today, five weeks from today is the week of Arizona, the game week. 40 days until that game, okay, so like 35 days or so. Away, yeah, exactly, five weeks times seven, from the first depth chart, Okay. Whether that's accurate or not, it's coming out in the game notes, okay, on the Monday. I'm interested to see what that depth chart looks like in relation to the depth chart we saw in the Phil Steele college football preview. Because right. How close is that? Like, is Phil he spot prides on him, or he no? He prides himself on, hey, listen, when I get that information, that is the most up-to-date when I get yes. that. So how much will that change between when Phil gets the information in June compared to what it is you know, a week before BYU takes the field against Arizona. How much okay, movement yes. has happened? And barring injury, I see Tanner Mangum as the quarterback, and I see Zach Katoa as the starter. I don't think starting running back matters very much. I think the guy with the most carries matters the most. But you're going to put your best player out there for the first play, I would think, unless it's a crazy specific play to, like, it's a throw to K.J. Hall in the flat, and we want to find him specifically or something. But – I think five weeks from today, we're going to see a bunch of oars on there as BYU doesn't, like it's a boat or something, as BYU doesn't want to reveal who's who. But I think Tanner Mangum's your starting quarterback five weeks from today going into the Arizona week. And I think Zach Katoa's your starting running back, which is quite the feat giving all the running backs that are coming back that a new guy would be the starter. Well, is he new? Because Fred Warner pointed him out last year. In, he was practicing every day with the team. You've been caught up on this the last couple of weeks. 
Yes, he hasn't played in a game at BYU. I, Therefore, I he's absolutely new. He's got the packaging on him still. He's got like packing peanuts still around him. He ca- he counts as a newcomer. No, Zach Katoa counts if as you a didn't newcomer. Play, like Dylan Colley is absolutely a newcomer. He redshirted at BYU. He redshirted his freshman year. He played like against Weber State. Okay, he did take some snaps uh, as it was a like BYU four player. Four years ago, hey. he is so new. You're Mr. Technicalities. Right? Yes, so techni- and he is a newcomer. Technically. He came back. He left. He came back. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's not like a like an inactive person coming back to church. <laughs> like, well, you were baptized. So it's like, you're back. You're new. Um, you know who's new to this year's team? A newcomer? Nick Emery. He wasn't on the team last year. Stop, he wasn't in school. Stop He's it. Stop coming. it. Nick Emery's played two years at BYU. Let's just in. He didn't play last year. I know that. But that doesn't mean he's a newcomer. Although he never left the team. Uh, actually, he left the school. Yes. Okay. He wasn't on the roster last year. What do you mean he didn't leave the team? He hasn't gone anywhere else. Emotionally, he didn't leave the team. Yes, physically, he left the team in school. <laughs> he's not he a newcomer. He played a ton of golf. He's not a newcomer to BYU. This, to the, right. But to this team this year, he's a newcomer. He wasn't on the team last year. <laughs> Things that don't matter on July 23rd. So in 1937, <laughs> BYU's first game was September 25th. That was a late start against Northern Colorado. That was yes. a 7 nothing win. The, the definition against of, the Bears. of why it's called fall camp. We're going back to the 30s to try and figure this out. Thanks, Cougar Stats, by the way, for uh, helping, us, helping us out with that. They're like an unpaid sponsor of the show. 40 days away from BYU at Arizona. Five weeks to the first official depth chart from BYU football being released before the game at Arizona. Now, coaches do have the option of putting the or there and not announcing who the starting quarterback is going to be until we see him run onto the field for the first series. Do you think BYU takes that approach? With the quarterback? Yes. No. No, the team needs to know who the guy, the public needs to know. Who I think guy. the team will know. I just don't know that the public It'll will. leak out some Snapchat or Insta story. We'll all it assume. always gets out. Okay. Try and hold all that water in your hand. Trust me, some drips out. It's all good. All right. Uh, we'll get Brian Keel on another day, okay? Brian didn't join us in the segment. We'll get him on another day. We love him. Coming up, Preston Hadley is out of his uh, walking boot and riding waves at Lake Powell. Is that a big deal? How hurt was Preston? Did you play that up, all man? All of a sudden, he's at Lake Powell. Did you play boarding? that up? He's winning golf tournaments, too. Come on. What? Yeah. 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 Throwing it back to 2011. Jimmer Fredette, Brandon Davies, and Charles Abu are on the court. What's it like to reunite? Let's talk with Jimmer, shall we? This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan reunited. Hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, on demand, anytime, anywhere you feel like hanging out with us. Amen. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Play it up. Show me your air guitar, Jerem. <laughs> with that mustache. <laughs> Jimmer Fredette, Brandon should be gone Davies. Tomorrow. No, hold on to it, man. Why? Let it go yeah. as long as you want. Jimmer Fredette, Brandon Davies, Charles Abu on the rest of Team Fredette advancing in the basketball tournament to the round of 16 to be played in Atlanta following two victories in Columbus, Ohio over the weekend. Jimmer Fredette averaged 31 points a game in the two wins. Team Fredette will take on 
the Fort Wayne champs, winner of the 2015 TBT. They say they're back and ready to get it. They're the sixth seed, Team Fredette the number two seed. Friday, 7 Eastern in Atlanta on ESPN. Saturday, the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame honor Jamal Williams as the team's rookie of the year. Williams led the Packers with 556 rushing yards and his 818 yards from scrimmage, seventh most by a Packers rookie in team history. Honorary Cougar Tony Finau finished the Open Championship tied for ninth. Another top ten finish for Tony Finau uh-huh. in a major. He was four under for the tournament. This finish along with finishing tied for 10th at the Masters, 5th place at the U.S. Open, makes him the only PGA golfer to have three top 10 major finishes in the 2018 season. That's legit from your boy Tony Fino. And former Cougar player Jordan Gray in the USA Women's Rugby 7th team finished 4th at the Rugby World Cup in San Francisco. After victories against China and Russia, the Americans, the Eagles, fell to New Zealand in the semifinals. Then to South Africa in the bronze medal game, Gray started all four games. She was trucking fools. It was awesome. And that's Alexa Gray's uh, younger sister. Hey, the Gray Gray family doing work all over the world, baby. They're my favorite Canadian-Americans. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is friend of the program and an all-time BYU basketball great, Jimmer Fredette. Fresh off a second win in the basketball tournament. Jimmer, nice to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good, good to talk to you again. Hey, when did uh, getting a technical foul every game become a part of your uh, approach to basketball? <laughs> you know, I just feel like that's a recent development for me <laughs> and um, something that, uh, you know, sounds fun going forward. But, no, no I'm just kidding. I, I'll tell you this. I, uh, you know, over in China, you know, playing basketball for the last two years over there, um, you know, I've definitely gotten a little – bit more into probably a bad habit of, of speaking to the rest a little bit more. But a lot of times uh, over in China, they don't understand you, so you can pretty much say whatever you want <laughs> to the rest. I'm Jimo Shen, man. Give me the call. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't really matter. So, you know, you come back to the U.S. and you're like, well, these guys understand what you're saying, so it's probably not good to just, you know, you know talk to them every play or say something like that. And, you know, my wife yelled at me for it. She said, you're talking to the rest too much. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm probably, I probably am, so I need to. I needed to work on that, tone that down a little bit, but uh, it was uh, it was funny. I mean, I, I don't I don't swear, I don't do anything like that. So it was nothing like that that had um, that got me the technical fouls. It was just uh, you know one of those things, a little, little emotional, little maybe a little too emotional playing for the first time in a little while, you know, in front of U.S. fans. So it was fun though. Yeah, what was that like? Uh, it's been you know a, a year or two since you played like a competitive game like that, um, you know, in the United States. So what was that like in Columbus? It was great. I mean, I just had a lot of fun being able to play, you know, some competitive, meaningful basketball here in the U.S. again, um, and to be able to play on a platform like ESPN is obviously a really awesome thing to be able to do. And people were able to watch again and, uh, you know, kind of showcase what what I was able to do. And it was unbelievably fun to just play with the guys I was playing with, with Charles and Brandon and some of the guys I played with in the D League, Jordan Crawford and Rashad James, and some, some new faces as well. And the guy, EJ, EJ Gallup, who's from um, Gloversville, we played him, uh, my brother played him in high school. And, you know, get all these guys back together and then have my family there was, uh, was something that's just special and just fun to be able to do and, and uh, fun to play for a, a U.S. crowd again. Jimmer Fredette with us on BYU Sports Nation, playing in the basketball tournament into the Sweet 16 in Atlanta next week. We'll get to that in just a bit, Jimmer. But when you have to gel with a team 
there's always this transition period. At what point did you feel like, okay, now we're starting to come together as a team? Yeah, the first uh, the first game was was definitely a lot more difficult. Um, you know, I played with uh, a lot of the guys that we played with, but I haven't played with some of the guys. But also, we hadn't played as a collective group, um, you know, ever. Obviously, we. Um, but so it was something that we kind of put a game plan together and kind of do what the other team was going to do. And uh, it took that first half for sure to kind of you know get into the rhythm of rhythm of things. And I felt like. You know, that whole first game, we were, we were a little bit out of sync with each other. We started to play better in the fourth quarter, I think, at the, the, the first game. And then the second game, I felt like we played much better. Our ball movement was better, you know, our spacing. We pushed the ball. We played our tempo in the game that we wanted to play. And uh, guys were, you know, making some shots and, and moving the ball and playing good defense. So I felt like we gelled a little bit better in that second game. And uh, usually you can, you know, pick things up pretty quickly, usually with smart basketball players, guys that, know how to play at a professional level you can usually pick it up pretty quickly um so hopefully next weekend it'll be even better we were talking about how we had some major deja vu back to 2011 with you playing with brandon and charles in a game this is on espn it's not the mountain luckily it was the espn jimmer which was nice what was it like to play with those guys because for us it was like this is deja vu back to uh 2011 man yeah, for sure. You know, it just feels it just feels natural. It just feels normal for me to go in there and play with Brandon and and Charles, uh, two of my best friends that that I have, you know, on this earth, and and the guys that I that I've competed with uh, throughout my college career. So it just felt really good and felt natural again to get back out there with those guys and uh, and and win some more games. That's what we like to do. You know, we we won a lot of games when we were at BYU, and and uh, we continue to do that. And, uh, you know, we play together some in the off season. you know, when I go to BYU and those guys are there in the summer, we were able to get at least a workout or a couple together and then also get some pickup in. So we always try to stay in contact and play a little bit each summer. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun to play with those guys again. How much different and more polished is Brandon Davies' game since you played with him at BYU to where it is right now as an MVP of his, you know, European league? Yeah, I mean he's he's gotten better and better, you know, each each year. And the thing about Brandon, you know, he he works hard. Uh, he wants to get better. He's a competitive kid, and he's he's always had really great uh, touch. He's got great hands. He got he has great footwork around the rim. He's got really soft hands. He catches everything, and he's he has really good touch. So he can, you know, low post. He can he can make moves. He can make shots. And get around guys, but he's also got a nice uh, little jump shot as well. He can step back and hit the three-point shot, and they have to respect him there. Um, you know, he can handle the ball some, and he's really great in transition. So I mean, he's definitely gotten he's definitely gotten better. I mean, that's that's what you do as a professional. You you continue to get better. But um, you know, I thought he was really really great at BYU, and uh, and a guy that you know maybe some people overlooked um, at times. And, but uh, he was able to be in the NBA for a couple of years and. That just shows you how talented he, he is and how talented he could be if he continues to work, and I know he will, and it's only going to go up from here. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's uh, in prime condition right now. It's fun to watch him. Uh, you pulled up from 38 feet or so. Uh, that play went viral uh, among people. Describe that play and the decision that went into reminding us of just how deep you could shoot. It was funny, you know. I, you know, that it was. I think it was like a second quarter that 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 happened. And the first quarter, I didn't take a ton of shots, and you know, I was kind of getting into the rhythm of the game and trying to get my feet and see how they were going to play me and guard me. And 
and most of the time they were pressuring pretty, you know, they pressured a lot. You know, they kind of picked me up full court and, and kind of just had a guy on me and, and, and stayed, um, you know, stayed up on me the whole time. But at that point, you know, I think I had made a couple shots and I was feeling pretty good getting into the rhythm of it. And I was coming down the court and they weren't pressuring me. They, they decided to drop back. I think the coach wanted them to get a little rest, maybe drop back for a little bit. And I was like, all right, this, I think this is a perfect opportunity. So I'm just going to dribble up. If they're not going to come up, I'm just going to pull from the volleyball line. <laughs> so I'm just going to shoot it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, they, that's what happened. They, he didn't really come up. And I was like, I've been working on these all summer. You know, one thing I'm working on is, is continuing to, to make my range even further and further out. And, um, you know, I think that's something I've always had. But, um, you know, I, it's always fun to remind people I can still shoot from deep. But uh, it's not the only thing that I do, but I have that in my arsenal and something that uh, they have to respect, which helps me in the game, helps our team in the game with spacing. If they have to guard me all the way out there, it's easier to get around guys. It's either easier for other guys to go, um, you know, and do work in the post with Brandon and all those guys. So I, you show them you can hit that shot. Now it opens everything up. So I felt like it was a good opportunity for me to do it. <laughs> Jimmer, that is Jerem's greatest aspiration and dream to know that if he pulls up from 38 feet away, it, it might go in. So I, I said you and I are the only people I know that do that. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're the only, maybe Steph Curry. I don't know. There's maybe a couple other guys. But, you know, I, I think Jerem's right at the top of the list for sure. <laughs> I don't know if it goes in, but he's pulling yeah. up. Yeah, let's not, let's not worry <laughs> about that part. He has the mentality yeah. to pull <laughs> up. That's Wait, for sure. When I start right, a pickup exactly. game, I always jack up a bad three because it just doesn't matter. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. You, you have yeah. to. You have yeah. to at least yeah. once. Jimmer, it's great to catch up with you. You've got Fort Wayne uh, in Atlanta and the Super 16, 7 Eastern on ESPN. I don't know how much scouting you do on Fort Wayne, uh, but at this point, do do you spend some time as a team and and look at them uh, from what what they do on the basketball floor? Our coach coach and our GM will definitely look, um, you know, at the film and watch some of the games. I didn't get a chance to watch them. I was on a flight last night um, coming back to Denver while they were playing. So I didn't get a chance to, to see them, but we'll be able to watch it. You know, again, they'll have tape so we can watch that game. Um, you sound like an ESPN, you know, three or something like that, where you can go back and replay the game. So Mike, you know, the coach will definitely watch it. The GMs will watch it. And then some of the players I'm sure will get together and watch it. Um, we'll get to, you know, Atlanta on Thursday and have a practice and go over some stuff, you know, before we get into our game on Friday. So uh, I think we'll be prepared. Uh, we'll kind of know what they do. And, uh, you know, obviously at this point, every team's going to be tough and uh, they have some really good players on that team. So it'll be fun to, to compete and play against them. It's great to watch you again on ESPN, Jimmer. Uh, good luck against Fort Wayne on Friday. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for that. And uh, let's do this again soon. Sounds good. I appreciate it, guys. Talk to you soon. Jimmer Fredette on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Fun to watch. Coming up, the next best potential Oriole player now that Manny Machado was traded. Jacob Brugman goes yard, coming back from injury. You had to throw that in, didn't you? It happened. Oh. Brian Kill. Hey, he's back. He's going to weigh in on his expectations for BYU football this season and the role that leadership versus talent plays. This is BYU Sports Other Nation. damn and other segment. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, returns to BYU TV Tuesdays at 7 Eastern. Starting August 7th is David, Brian, and the guys break down Cougar football.
Can't wait. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. We just talked to Jimmer Fredette. Team Fredette back in the basketball tournament. Super 16 against Fort Wayne Friday night, 7 Eastern on ESPN. I thought it was fascinating to listen to, G- to Jimmer's, uh, I guess, his mentality going into specifically the 38-foot three-pointer. Like, why did he take that? And he said, well, they'd been, they'd been coming up on me defensively all game long. They finally left me open and weren't pressuring the ball. And I thought, nah, now's as good a time I'm as I'm going any. to pull up from the volleyball line. <laughs> That's three meters or about 10 feet away from half court. It's a 38-footer. He pull and then, up. And ESPN tweeted out that thing, like, and Jimmer made a point of saying, I don't only shoot deep shots. I'm like more um, I'm more of a player than just oh, that. Oh, his but, scoring versatility. But that's, like, that's his signature thing, right? And, and I love that people are like, Tiger's in contention. I'm watching Jimmer Fredette pull up from deep on ESPN. Like, what year is this? So it was a really fun weekend that way. Unfortunately, Tiger faded a little bit. But the fact that he was in contention he was, was fun to watch, too. He was wearing red on a Sunday at a major that t- told me everything I needed to know. It's been on. a long time. He I don't had know. the lead. He had the lead at one point. I don't know if I would have tuned in if he wasn't, honestly. Like, probably. But I was like, I've got to wake up and watch Better this. for Don't golf. Watch Tiger. You want to know what's funny? The basketball tournament. The TBT had better ratings than several Major League Baseball games got on TV. That's more of an indictment of Major League Baseball. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like, the NFL will beat, like, a playoff hockey game. You know what I mean? It's just... It's it's certain things are just there, but Jimmer is certainly drawing attention. He's certainly like the biggest name in this tournament, which is fun to watch. Hopefully, those guys can make a run here. He's been working on extending his range all summer long. Those are the words of Jimmer Fredette. He's trying to is thirty eight feet away from the hoop enough of a range <laughs> as a professional basketball player? Does he need to go further back? Yeah, he needs he needs to go back then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Go to 40. Oh, Jimmer from 30 and a half feet. So great. Deja vu moments. Send in your greatest BYU deja vu moments. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, should we play Big Deal, No Deal, Jerem? Let's do it. Okay. Big Deal. No Deal. All right. Big Deal, No Deal. Back on BYU Sports Nation. And I believe we have a special guest with us today, Jerem. Oh, no? That guest is nobody. Oh. Ben's on vacation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are we just doing it then? Yeah. All right. You want to lead us off? I'll lead us off. Big deal, no deal. Jimmer Fredette, Brandon Davies, and Charles Boo are in the Super 16 of the basketball tournament. It's a bigger deal than I thought it was going to be originally. I, I was excited to watch them play. I didn't realize how much fun I would have watching them play. Enough to get up early-ish on Saturday morning and pay attention, right? Yeah, I was like, it was 10 a.m. What do you mean early-ish? Come on. <laughs> You're like, I sleep in the noon! <laughs> it's a big deal to me because we get to watch these guys play again. I know it's not a big deal in, like, the greater scheme of some random tournament, but it's fun to watch them. It really is. Yeah, more fun than I thought it would be. And I am looking forward to Friday night. Like, my plans on Friday night... Now, oh, now you got to watch. Center around what Team Fredette's doing in the basketball tournament. I also love having a DVR. So great. It's one of the uh, the premier things in our marriage, having a DVR. You can watch it if you want, and I can watch it if I want. <laughs> it's solved so many problems. We don't have to do things together what anymore. marital issues. <laughs>
Number two, big deal, no deal. No players on the Butkiss or Thorpe award watch list for BYU football. It's really no deal, but I thought that Sione Takitaki deserved to be on the Butkiss watch list, given to the nation's best linebacker. I think that his position switch from defensive line to linebacker merits being on this list. Now, it makes me question. It's a preseason watch list. I'm with you. I know it doesn't matter. I told you one minute later I wouldn't care, and now I don't. <laughs> I have a mustache. That tells you everything you need to know about what I think Nobody's about Nobody's caring about anything you know? at this current moment. <laughs> Whatever. By the way, Big Deal, No Deal presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. That is definitely a big deal. Big Deal, No Deal. A blue lobster was found in the ocean. What does this mean for BYU sports in 2018? Now, apparently, this this is like a one in a million phenomenon. You're one in a million. A blue lobster. And we're not just talking. You know, a kind of blue. That is royal blue. Like, this is like Royal Army brand blue. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is beautiful. Like, I think this means BYU's, BYU football is going to win the national championship. Where does that thing go? It, it, please tell it me. It should go in the legacy. Yeah, ex- oh, they should have. Exactly. Like, you walk into Red Lobster, all those uh, lobsters are on the left. I think that thing should be in. The student-athlete building, when you walk in, you're like, there's the blue lobster. What's the life expectancy of a lobster? Because we need to ma- we need to somehow get that blue lobster and get it into some fantastic exhibit at BYU at Legacy Hall and name it and do all sorts of stuff with that. Okay, the, what? the European lobster has an average life of 31 years for males and 54 for females. Wow. The female European lobster... Remove the the rubber bands from his pinchers and let him lead a happy life in Legacy Hall in a huge aquarium exhibit. Where it's just him? (laughs) How do we know it's a him? I don't know. Maybe it's I'm telling uh, you, if BYU Sports turns it around this year, I'm crediting the Blue Lobster. BYU Sports is turning it around. I'm crediting the Blue Lobster, and we need to get that thing into Legacy Hall. It needs a name. Let's come up with a name for the Blue Lobster. It's a big deal. Luka Modric. It is a big deal. Okay, last one, Jerem. Big deal, no deal. Preston Hadley hanging out on the waters of Lake Powell Mm -hmm. with his injured foot, but still looking uninjured? What do you think? Well, he he looked a little injured after taking a spill. Um On Snapchat, but oh, he's oh, trying oh, tricks. Down he goes. He's trying tricks. That means he's good. The foot feels fine. That means he's good. Now, well, how far away was media day? Like a month ago, and now homie, homie's out on uh, Lake Powell doing spins, and oh, that one was successful. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and he lets go, you know about it. Too. I go, I go, big deal. I, I think Preston's got game. He's one of our buddies, and uh, he's bringing it, dude. Look at this guy. I'm a little salty because his team won the corporate sponsorship golf tournament. Mm, yeah, but Austin Collie wore the socks. That he did. We had some great, we had some great moments. Yeah, lucky did socks you have any for great Austin Collie. I hit a few okay shots. I made a few thirty-foot putts. A few thirty-two. Foot yeah, putts. actually two. Yeah, that's awesome. Dude. <laughs> we didn't win though. Wish I would have won that BYU golf bag. Dang it! Changing the diaper. Coming up, where did former Cougar uh, Jordan Gray and Team USA Rugby Sevens finish in the World Cup? And the Orioles' new rising star is doing work, Jerem. Who's going to replace Manny Machado? Nobody. Maybe it's a BYU guy in a roundabout way. This is BYU Sports Nation. He's an outfielder.
<laughs> Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, the great Jimmer Fredette. Brian Keel, we had some phone issues. We'll get him on later in the week because we I do want to right, talk to him about yeah. leadership yeah. and talent and which matters more for the success of BYU football in 2018. And sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran, we ran out of time. Jason Shepard wouldn't allow it. If you missed any part of this show, <laughs> we you can have time always... for Dennis today. We'll never have time for Dennis. <laughs> We can't get Brian Keel on the phone, and we still can't get Dennis. Not a coincidence. Uh, let's whip it. Yes. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the PGA. Zach. Oh, I almost forgot. I've been gone six shows. Zach Blair finished tied for 18th in the Barbasol Championship at 14 under par. Fellow Cougar Daniel Summerhays finished tied for 51st at 9 under. Ending a streak of six straight missed cuts. He made the cut. Barbasol. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman, are you paying attention, Jerem? Went one for four with another home run yesterday in a 9-5 to five win for the Bowie Bay Sox over the Rochester Red Wings. Brugman has three home runs and six games back from the DL. Pull him up, Baltimore. You blew everything else up. Pull him up. Yeah, the team stinks. Just bring him up. And Jacob Hanneman went three for four with an RBI and a run score and a 3-1 win over the New Orleans Baby Cakes. Yep, that's a real thing. The baby. Yeah, case. the uh, the mascot's terrifying. If you haven't seen it. Today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Can we do two? I want to. Uh, I want yeah. to put in Team Fredette as one with mm-hmm. Jimmer, Brandon Davies, and Charles Abuo. I want to mention Jordan Gray, uh, Team USA Women's Sevens took fourth place in San Francisco. Nice job by Jordan Gray, the former Cougar. Our question of the day, what is your biggest BYU deja vu moment? Let's make it elite, shall we? At Doc underscore JMO in on Twitter. I was at the game when a Utah cheerleader pummeled a BYU fan on <laughs> was the that, field. Was that 99, I think? I've felt the same way inside every game against Utah for the last seven years. It's like one of the most embarrassing BYU sports moments ever. This guy <laughs> jumps out of the stands to stop Utah running with a flag and gets beat up. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Combo continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Who should we shout out to today? Larry Moore, my yeah, guy, the, the center of the 96. 96. Yeah, play for the Colts. We all remember Larry Moore. Back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. More Larry. <laughs>